Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward, joined as always by Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook. This is the practice report brought to you by Buyers Auto. The Buckeyes still on track and practicing for Saturday's Big Ten championship game against Northwestern. handful of those Buckeyes had after practice, uh, Tuesday morning and afternoon met with the media. Uh, we're also, they also got a bunch of awards from the big 10 that we'll talk about as well. Uh, but Berm, you know, the number one topic of conversation with this team is it always tends to be uh, the brotherhood for a team that's going for its fourth straight big 10 title and the college football playoff because the Buckeyes can't ever uh, escape um, the debate around them. They go hand in hand. It seems. Yeah. I like that today though, there was at least some acknowledgement from the guys that we did hear from Wyatt Davis, Sean Wade. I mean, they, they, there is a, an element of this coach speak of, okay, one game at a time, one day at a time. But the Big Ten Championship is no longer the goal for Ohio State. You obviously can't win the ultimate prize without it. So, you know, it is, it's not like they're overlooking it. They're not saying that they don't need to win this game. I mean, Sean Wade said they need to blow out Northwestern this weekend, which I don't think I've ever heard an Ohio State player say that they need to blow someone out in, in my time covering the team. So there is like an acknowledgement of what's coming. Um, but there is also some pressure on these guys to go out and put, a, put together their best performance of the year, and I think they know it. And I, I appreciate that Spencer had asked Sean Wade about whether or not the, they actually were hurt by the lack of reps that all these other coaches are kind of using against them uh, as be, they're going to be fresh. Like, freshness does not matter at this point in the season. Yeah, and I think it's a little bit unfortunate because um, – and this has been happening for several years, and you and I have talked about this a number of times – that. It's devaluing the conference championship, all this college football playoff infatuation. And it also hurts the fact that it means a lot. You know, this get to Indy mantra that they have, that's what they have up there. It's not get to Miami, win the CFP. Um, You know, you have to win the Big Ten first, and that's a significant accomplishment for anybody who has ever played in this conference. So it's a little bit sad to hear that Sean Wade is listening to that noise, whether it's from Clemson or Gainesville, Florida, that they feel like they have to blow out Northwestern. It Winning the Big Ten by itself is a significant, significant accomplishment. And Ohio State is not going to need style points to stay in the top four. If they win, they're going to move up to number three on, on Sunday, no matter what happens in the ACC title game. I strongly believe that, and I don't see that there's any argument otherwise. So, Spencer, that's that was my takeaway. When you got that out of Sean Wade late um, in his press conference today, that felt a little – I was a little sad for that. Yeah, and it's a, it, it just highlights the double standard that we have in the college football playoff right now where Clemson and Notre Dame are both talking about, well, even if we lose. And Alabama and Florida are both saying, well, even if we lose. And Ohio State's saying, no, we got to blow this team out. Like, there, there's no losing involved here because if we lose, we're not getting the benefit of the doubt anymore. And so I think that's part of it. I think they understand what's at stake here because while the other teams can say, well, we can lose close and still probably make the playoff because you can have a good loss, which is a term that should never be used anywhere ever. Uh, but 
they they know that that they can't lose. They know they can't mess around with with Northwestern. They know they can't get into a seventeen to three deficit or whatever the deficit was at halftime last year against Wisconsin. That can't happen this year. And so I think they just understand what's at stake. And it is really sad, but but they they at least they get it. Well, the part Ohio of Ohio State's like Parker Lewis, guys. Ohio State is like Parker Lewis. They can't lose. Crushed okay. it. I'm glad that you got that in there. That's it for me, folks. I will. See you on the next show. Uh, we got pleasure. This spun out of control in a hurry. Um, the, the part about this playoff resume that I just think is important to reinforce when I say that Ohio State's going to move up, they're going to be at least the three seed if they win. Like it, all the things that appeal to the selection committee or that they're supposed to would be there a zero in the loss column, a conference championship, and they have already multiple times doubled down on the fact that Ohio State passes the eye test. There's nothing else that's available for them. Now, if you lose, you don't have a case to get in because you lose two of those three things that I mentioned, and the eye test will not be enough in this year. But um, that's why some of this whining and even manufacturing some of the debate on the networks that that maybe cover the playoff, it, it rings so hollow because Ohio State has everything that you could possibly want, uh, and, and they, they're there every year because they're recruited a high level. We all know that they have four and five star players every position, and arguably the best quarterback in America. They they check every single box. They don't have a single All Big Ten wide receiver as voted by the media, though. Well, okay, let's go there. Can't argue that. Okay, I'm just I don't know who votes on these things. All right, I don't know. I don't get to. Nobody asked me, and I'm I'm fine with that. But the fact that Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson were not voted either one of them first team all big 10 by the media that covers the league reeks of, of just inferiority complexes because it's idiotic to suggest that any, that any other receiver was better than one of them this year, let alone both of them. Sorry. It's, I mean, the coaches got it right. Both of them were named first team by the coaches as they should be. Those two have dominated every single game they played. Nobody has been within 15 yards of covering them the entire year. Uh, whatever, whatever. If you're one of those people, you don't deserve your vote. The most interesting part of it is that Ohio State's secondary may have cost Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave a Big Ten receiver of the year because outside of that game for Ty Freifogel, there's not a lot to that resume. And even still, both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and David Bell are listed ahead of him in the Big Ten statistics for receiving per game. I don't understand how you could make the case for him as the Big Ten wide receiver player of the year over those three, Wilson and Olave, I mean, maybe there's a conspiracy or or a, a vote counting where they they split and somebody else was able to sneak past, but that also doesn't explain how Bell uh, and Freifogel could be the Big Ten media's picks for uh, first-team wide receiver. It's absolutely bonkers, insane. Uh, some Something happens every single year with an Ohio State player. Normally it's been in the secondary where they get snubbed, uh, now it's flipped to Brian Hartline's unit. It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, I'll just say this. Whenever David Bell makes a single catch in a game, the Twitterverse explodes with how amazing he is at everything he does. Whereas when Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson make something spectacular out of nothing, it's routine. So when Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson make a play, they're in an Ohio State jersey and it looks routine. When David Bell makes a play, he's in a Purdue jersey. Nothing Purdue does looks routine. So when David Bell does something correctly – it looks pretty spectacular. So but he didn't win either. But and that's what I'm saying about first team. And then Ty Freifogel, it's Indiana, which is even more perplexing than Indiana is good. And so 
So I think that's what it is because when Ohio State does things, they just they make everything look routine because they're so much better than the rest of the league that I think we lose sight. And I've I've talked about this before. I think we lose sight of how good these two are together by just the sheer dominance that the entire team puts out for Ohio State. Well, I'm not even arguing that Freifogel as an individual player should have won receiver of the year. I don't actually have an argument. I mean, he has the same number of catches as Garrett Wilson. He has more yards, more touchdowns, fine. But for neither one of those – sure, he does have two more games. But, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not counting games this year. If you're giving yeah. an individual award, then their statistics absolutely matter. You could, well, obviously you give Ohio state two more games and, and Garrett and, and Olave each have more yards, more touchdowns, more catches. I, I get what you're saying. My point is to have neither of them be a first team, all big 10 by the media is just absolute willful indignation and, and, and just thumbing their nose at Ohio state because they don't want to keep giving Ohio state awards. And I don't know, maybe Indiana like work brokered a deal last week. Okay, we'll we'll let the Buckeyes play in the Big Ten championship game, but you give us Fry Fogel with the receiver of the year award. This is going to sound a little bit crazy as well. Um, as a huge uh, proponent and fan of what Wyatt Davis brings every single week to the football field, I think that there is a case that maybe Thayer Munford or Nicholas Petit Ferrer were actually more valuable to Ohio State's offensive line than Mr. All Decade Wyatt Davis. And I I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with me there. I, I This is not a case of taking anything away from Wyatt Davis whatsoever. He's a first-round pick. He's a fantastic captain, an amazing guy, and I, I want to make that point very clear. But that may have been a case where the voters did go solely on reputation and not at a, a year where those two tackles, Spencer, correct me if I'm wrong, gave up one combined pressure in every game that they played this year. They were pretty damn good. Yeah, the tackles, I think, are the reason that this team could win the Joe Moore Award this year. But uh, when you have a guy when you have a guy like Wyatt Davis, and I look back to last year, Tristan Wirfs gave up a few more sacks than you would have liked to see from your, from your Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year. But throughout his career, he was pretty steady, and he was really good, and he was good enough to be picked pretty highly. Wyatt Davis was an All-American last year. This year, he's kind of struggled a little bit on the interior, getting, getting comfortable where he's at, and the tackles have been awesome. But Wyatt Davis gets the award because I think it's more of an achievement award when you go to the offensive line because not everybody's breaking down pitter-patter of footsteps trying to get through the hole to get to the second level and uh, how well you block, you can block a defensive tackle. They're just looking at who's the best. And we can kind of say that Wyatt Davis is probably the best offensive lineman. Has he had the best season? Probably not. But is he the best offensive lineman? Yeah, so I think the offensive lineman award – by default is just kind of a achievement award throughout your career. Because I also think why it's probably going to be an all American again this year. And, and there are two offensive linemen who might be more deserving than that on the Ohio state's roster. There are people who will still va- vote Panay Sewell as an all, all American this year. Nobody's paying attention. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, like, Oh, that guy. Oh, I remember. Yeah. He was really good. Like he didn't play jackass. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, be, uh, listen, Wyatt Davis is great. No one's going to argue that he he deserves any accolade he gets. But even he said he thought that Nick Petit Frere has been the best offensive lineman on the Buckeyes team this year. And um, for a guy that was a question mark coming into the season, a guy that's, you know, protecting Justin Fields, I would agree that from a value standpoint this season, he would have been harder to replace for the entirety of the year than, than uh, Wyatt. Had Wyatt opted out as he, you know, thought he was going to. 
did get it uh, absolutely correct at quarterback and offensive player of the year. Justin Fields, still good. We have some evidence of that now. Yeah. Prove it. I'm kidding. He's so good. Me, honestly, Austin, we were talking about this, and Spencer, we've talked. Like, he's so good that it, it goes back to what uh, Spencer was saying about Olave and Garrett Wilson. Like, it makes – it sort of just looks routine now for him, but the game moves for Justin Fields at a pace that I, I've never seen a quarterback play um, as just – it's like he's toying with people all game long. And obviously that hurt him against Indiana because he it, that sort of mentality, you start to think, okay, I can't make mistakes. Yeah. And that's why I'm interested this weekend. Northwestern has 12 interceptions this year in their, in their games. They're, they're you know opportunistic. They're going to bring a lot of blitzes. They're going to watch what Indiana did and try to see if they can rattle Justin that way. Um, and I think it's, it's a good opportunity for Justin with only one game since the Indiana game right now to see if, if he's really corrected that sort of uh, issue that he had against the Hoosiers. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Justin plays too because if everything play, shakes out the way that it probably should, he's going to go from playing Indiana to Michigan State, big drop-off, back up to Northwestern secondary that's pretty good, and probably right into Clemson's secondary, which he had two interceptions against last year. So I, this is going to be a big game for me. I want to see – how he reacts to it, like you said, Berm. But I, can we also touch on he wasn't unanimous first team all Big Ten? No, I'm let's, like, let's skip that. No, okay, we, yeah, we don't need that. That's too that's too crazy to even acknowledge happened. Um, I have been amused though, both both for you guys talking about this Northwestern secondary and you know how much acclaim they're getting for their defense again ahead of an Ohio State matchup. 45 points two years ago in the Big Ten championship game, 52 points last year at Northwestern in foot-high grass. I, 97 points in the last two years. They do not have the talent. They might play really hard. They might sure. be scrappy. Pat Fitzgerald gets his guys to play fundamentally sound. That's great. They do not have the personnel to stop Ohio State, and I don't view this as a test for their offense. I, I just – for the Ohio State offense or Justin Fields. I think – Pat Fitzgerald is everything a college coach should be. Do you? Have I ever said that? I, are you going to say that every day this week? I love Pat Fitzgerald, and I like so much how Northwestern prepares and plays and fights and scraps and claws. But as – yeah, you're right, man. The Buckeyes should win this game by four touchdowns. They should. They're could, four, touchdown, four touchdowns better than, than Northwestern, especially indoors. Oh, indoors. Boy, we haven't seen this Buckeye team indoors. In a while, lots of speed. Zoom, zoom. We could, you could save that for bold predictions. Okay, that's getting out of out of hand, out of touch here with the Buyers Auto Practice Report. That, of course, is Berm and Spencer Holbrook. I'm Austin Ward. More coverage coming of the Ohio State Buckeyes all week ahead of the Big Ten title game in Indianapolis. Stick with us at LettermanRow.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 